Well, today I'm thrilled to announce the next chapter in the long and exciting history between Disney Parks and Star Wars. We're creating a jaw-dropping new world that represents our largest single-themed land expansion ever. We're not just building one of these, we're building two. One, Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando. And the other, right here in Anaheim at Disneyland. I can't wait, cannot wait to show this to all of you. Hi, I'm Sparrow, I'm 12 years old, and my favorite Star Wars vehicle is the Adat. Hi, I'm Stitch, I'm nine years old, and my favorite Star Wars vehicle is the Beater Bike. And I'm Tony, their Disney dad, and my favorite Star Wars vehicle is the Millennium Falcon. Welcome to Disney Discussions. Aloha! Aloha! Welcome to episode 45 of Disney Discussions. Disney Discussions is a family-friendly podcast for me, Tony the Disney Dad, and my two boys, Sparrow, discuss all things Disney. This week, we're going to do part three of our Star Wars series, all about Galaxy's Edge. They're mocking me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I do it every episode. (laughs) The first time I noticed. I never realized, and so it was funny. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. We've gotten good response from our Star Wars series, Ding. so that's exciting. So we're happy that you could join us. Be sure to tell your friends and family about us. So what's going on, guys? Before we get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, what's going on in our lives? Um, I had my birthday. Yep. Sparrow is now 12. 12. Yeah. The big 1-2. 1-2. Uno dos. He just went through a um, uh, police, police w- camp. Police camp. That was probably the hardest thing you've ever done, right? Probably. But you did but it. In the end, we saw Far From Home. Yep, and he graduated. Stitch, what's going on with you? Um. Okay, nothing. Yeah. I recently got a hoverboard. That's true. Yes, that's cool. Yeah. All right. We are sitting in a warm podcast studio. Our air conditioning wasn't working and quite right today, fleece, so it's a little warm. So. And he's wearing his fleece pajamas. We got a new sponsor, a real sponsor, not a not a made up one. Yes, um, like we've real. been doing in the past. This is a yeah. real sponsor, so we are happy to announce that Destinations with Character Travel is now the Disney Discussions official travel sponsor. Yes. So Destinations with Character Travel is a Disney earmarked agency in the business of making dreams come true. Yeah. Whether your travels are taking you to Disney parks an ocean cruise or a sunny resort stay, they have the destinations and service to make your vacation a truly magical one you can contact them at destinationswithcharacter.com or email info at destinationswithcharacter.com and we'll also have links on our site as well so check them out we're happy happy to be partnered with them any vacation whether you're planning a disney vacation universal vacation a resort vacation check them out they're happy to help you out with no extra fee all right so you guys ready to jump into galaxy's edge Jump! Hey, I'm into Galaxy's Edge! <laughs> I wish we could just jump yes. into Galaxy's Edge, right? I so, do too. first yeah. we'll go into a little little bit about Galaxy's Edge, where yep. it came from, what what the Imagineers were thinking of, and then we'll get into what you could actually find in Galaxy's Edge. It's already open in Disneyland. It's opening soon as we re- when we record this in Disney World. Wow. There are cast member previews right now, so there are people in Galaxy's Edge checking it out mm-hmm. in Disney World. I never said I was, if I was ready to jump in. Oh, are you ready to jump in? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. 
So plans for Star Wars Land started soon after Disney bought Lucasfilm. They always knew it was going to go in Hollywood Studios, and originally the plan was for the land to be focused on the original trilogy. I think it's better the way it is, like how it's um, in between. Yeah, it's kind of in the current trilogy, but it's not... Not, yeah, yeah, and you can have your own adventure instead of living somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a clip from Dan Cockrell, who's been on our show before, yeah. talking about the original plans a little bit about Star Wars Land and why they changed and what the Imagineers had to do to deal with it. Yeah. So let's play that right now. Yeah. So you were VP of Hollywood Studios 2011 to 2015. So around the time those like Star Wars Land rumors started, how much has that plan changed? It has changed dramatically. It's interesting. Uh, at, at, at the beginning, the plan was uh, we we're going to build Star Wars land based on Tatooine and all the stories that we knew from the movies. Okay. And uh, at one point, all those plans, we'd been working on it for a year and a half. And at one point, uh, the team came back and said, changing plans, um, our, our uh, CEO, Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy at Lucasfilms, they had a meeting and they've concluded there's more Star Wars ahead of us than behind us, and we are going to start building for future. It's a the, the creative process is not linear. It's uh, it goes in lots of different directions, and it's it's incredible how it works. But it takes a lot of patience and time until you can land on like the right the right environment, the right piece. And we had worked for a couple of years on some creative master planning for Star Wars. One meeting that Bob Iger had with Kathleen Kennedy, they made a strategic decision that we were not going to design the park, the new land for all the previous films. We were going to design it for the future films. So overnight, we got the word, hey, all the stuff you've done over the past two years, we're going to shelve that and we're starting over. And I, I couldn't believe it. And the Imagineering team was crushed. But what they did is they went out that night and they had some drinks and they celebrated the great work they'd done. They shelved everything. They complained that they can't believe it was canceled. And then the next day, they set up a meeting and we had our first kickoff meeting the next day on what the new plan was going to be. So they got over it pretty quick and they said, hey, this is now an opportunity for us to do something totally new and let's go. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, it is pretty interesting to know that they were planning this whole land and they completely changed it because they wanted to be in the, yeah. the new the new trilogy, but also have your own adventures in it. It's also interesting, I think, I saw, I remember seeing some concept art where the land was going to be in a completely different spot, kind of near where Indiana Jones is and that theater is, huh. and they decided to move it into the back half of the park, which I think is better. I know some people yeah. are upset that the that tour got taken away and lights, motor action, but I think it's a, it's a better place for it. I liked both Lights Motor Action and the tour. Yeah. They were cool. Yeah. All right. So the story behind Galaxy's Edge. You guys ready for this? I am. The in-universe world of Galaxy's Edge, newly created and developed by Lucasfilm and Walt Disney Imagineering, is what planet it is on? Batu. That's right. Batu, which they created just for this land, is a remote frontier planet somewhere on the edge of wild space. Home to Black Spire Outpost, which is where Galaxy's Edge actually takes place. Yep. The, the town of Black Spire Outpost, a formerly must-visit destination for refueling, food, and provisions. This world has been somewhat forgotten in the advent of hyperspace travel. This is a place that got bypassed, its prominence faded, explained Scott Trowbridge, portfolio creative executive studio lead at Walt Disney Imagineering. He's the one that kind of led mm -hmm. creating this land. He was mm -hmm. also, I believe, behind the Harry Potter lands in Universal as well. <gasps> 
and it became much more of a home for smugglers and bounty hunters and people that didn't want to be in the mainstream. Like maybe people. <laughs> maybe even some folks that are trying to void the ever-expanding watch of the First Order. My kind of people yep. still. Sounds like a wretched hive of unique Star Wars sorts. Still my people. <laughs> I like What's to up, think, peeps? He goes on to say, I like to think of them as all the interesting people, Tobridge said, and a great place for us to start our Star Wars story. And for this story, the decision was made to develop an entirely new planet and not recreate known locales such as Tatooine, Hoth, and Takodana for a very specific reason. So here's why they made that change. They said, okay. we know those places and we know those stories that happen there. And we know that we're not in them, Tobridge said. This place, Black Spire Outpost, is designed from the get-go as a place that invites exploration and discovery, a place that invites us to become a character in Star Wars. By making Galaxy's Edge set on a planet that's new to us, it also opens the door for fans of all types. Hmm. I want to walk into this... I want to walk into this land and be the same level as everyone else, from the really hardcore Star Wars fan to someone who knows nothing about Star Wars, said Margaret Kearson, managing story editor at Disney Imagineering. Set of her initial ideas in planning the experience. I want to have the urgency, urgency to explore and to discover and to run around every corner and to meet every droid and alien in the land. So pretty cool, right? I think yeah. it's cool that they they went ahead and built their own planet for this. Yeah. Whatever we do, yeah. I just hope on the Millennium Falcon ride that we don't crash it. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get I into want that. to crash it. I don't. <laughs> you can go on and crash it. I, d- I just want to stay safe. <laughs> You'll be safe no matter what. I'm the smaller. No, I mean, like, I don't want somebody walking up like, hey, I heard you crash the Millennium right. Falcon. That's a good point. We'll get into that in a little yeah. bit. So the Lucasfilm Story Group collaborated closely with Disney Imagineering throughout the development. Pablo Hugaldo, who we met at New York Comic Con. Twice. Is, yep. Senior creative executive of the story group. And Matt Martin, creative executive, acted as advisors on whether something felt like Star Wars and where there was room to create. Their function was to give that assurance, said Hugaldo, that boost of confidence to Margaret and her team to say, yeah, we can invent that. That's okay. We've not seen anything in the 40 years of Star Wars. So let's put that in and some new stuff in there. So special attention was paid to making sure the events here and the relevance of Batu makes sense within the larger Star Wars storytelling. We find this sweet spot on the galactic map where Batu can be here, said Hogaldo. And if it's here, where is it on the First Order's path to what it is and what they're doing? Where is it on the Resistance path to what they're doing? This concentration on history even extends to the set dressing of Batu and Black Spire Outpost. Hmm. So pretty cool, right? Yeah. Sparrow, you want to read some interesting facts about galaxy's edge yes i do all right ray finn poe and bb-8 are in the park and join kylo ren in the star wars rise of the resistance all the original actors reprise their roles which are mostly on screen yeah but there's also walking around characters chewbacca yes. will be walking around ray is walking around ray and kylo ren yeah chewbacca is very chewy <laughs> <laughs> everything happening takes place in the current trilogy since characters like Rey and Kylo Ren appear in Galaxy's Edge, the events happening here take place at some point during the sequel trilogy. However, Pablo Hidalgo explained, the planet's history has been mapped well beyond that should Star Wars jump around a time, we know how Batu is represented in that time frame, he Good. said. Yeah. As Star Wars changes, so can Galaxy's Edge with new movies, shows, and so much more within so- coming for Star Wars. Story adaptation is built into the land. There are things that exist within the land that suggest these stories are waiting to be told, 
vice president of development at Lucasfilm, Carrie Beck, said. There, these things can be integrated mm-hmm. with some of the stories that may go on into the future. So that's pretty cool. They, yeah. they already have plans. I mean, obviously, they have some kind of idea mm-hmm. what's happening with episode nine and some of the movies after it. So they've already built in some things that, that'll reference future movies. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The rides tell canon stories. If everything happened on Batuu is canon, so it also goes for the rides. The events of the attractions are both canon, especially Rise of the Resistance, which has the actual actors in it. Yep. Naming the planet was one of the biggest challenges. It took over a year and hundreds of possible names before the Batuu and Black, Star- Black Spire Outpost were settled on. Hmm. That's why we called the Galaxy's Edge for a while. Yeah. Yep. Spires are the planet's Star Wars feature. Every Star Wars planet has its thing. Snow on Hoth, Forest on Endor, Saul on Crate. That's Star Wars. For Batuu, spires, huge chunks of petrified rock, were once giant trees and have since cracked and broken, were picked to be the distinguishing feature. It's called Black Spire Outpost for a reason. Batuu is a planet made up of spires, but one in particular stands out. Sitting in the middle of the outpost is one spire that's much blacker than the rest. That's how Black Spire Outpost got its name. The mystery of the Black Spire will remain a mystery. Having this mysterious namesake in the center of town suits everyone just fine. There's a mystery to it, and we kind of like the idea that there's no answer to it, Margaret Carrison, the managing story editor at Walt Disney Imagineering, said. In her mind, it's used as a talking point for locals. A legend parents tell their kids. Everyone has different theories on why that is so. There isn't one answer, she said. It just happened so long ago. Perfect. So that's pretty cool. There's some mysteries in yeah. there, probably referencing future movies, or maybe even mm-hmm. on its own, like they could add more storytelling elements yeah. to it. You think that Black Spire is kind of like the thing that Rai saw and got sucked into, and it was like a bunch of those no. mirrors? No, I don't think so. That that was a like a um, dark side cave, like Luke yeah. had in Empire. It's different than that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So as you guys know, there are two galaxies edge one in orlando one in anaheim yeah they are almost identical uh, but not quite exactly not every single detail is exactly the same tobridge said one example is that the quality of sunlight is different in california so the mm-hmm. paint and color palette is a little bit different because of the way the lands hit the light he said that's cool yeah also the entrance entrances are different mm-hmm. i think um anaheim has like one more entrance and exit because okay. of the way the land is is laid out mm-hmm. but beyond that when you're on the planet it's almost identical so this fall, guests of the Walt Disney World Resorts and other select hotels will have more opportunities to take advantage uh, with extra, extra magic hours for a limited time. Huh. So not just extra magic hours, extra, extra, extra. So the extra, extra magic hours takes place after the extra magic hours. Yeah, exactly. The extra, extra magic hours will benefit, will include Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios, as well as other experiences at Disney's Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom theme parks. Huh. So Hollywood Studios will be open daily from September 1st to November 2nd. The park will have extra extra magic hours from 6 to 9 a.m. So they're opening at 6 a.m. So if you're staying at a resort, you could get there three hours early, including Galaxy's Edge, plus Toy Story Land attractions and other select attractions. Cool. Yep. So then after that time, they'll just be normal operating hours. There will be no fast passes for the rides there, at least for Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. And we'll get into Rise of Resistance a little bit. Yeah. Instead of calling it extra, extra hours, let's just call it double extra hours. (laughs) 
All right. I forgot to mention from the beginning, but we have our special podcast yeah. friends joining us, and we asked them what are they most looking forward to with Galaxy's Edge. Since they recorded their parts, some of them have actually visited, but this is kind of cool to see back and see yeah. what they were looking forward to. So first, we're going to hear Disney DNA and Cassie from Disflix and Tidbits about what they're most looking forward to at Galaxy's Edge. So I'm excited for new Star Wars rides and a lot of shopping for Star Wars things. Okay. Maybe yeah. Chewbacca like a little buddy because we have a Chewbacca stuff animal, which is animal's friend. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jenny? I am really excited for some new experiences at Hollywood Studios. I'm really looking forward to the Millennium Falcon attraction. That's my man's ship. I mean, I'm ready to be in it and or see what it is. Lando's? No, it's Hans. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lando's first. but I know it was Lando's first, but it's always going to be Hans in my heart. I'm excited for different dining options at Hollywood. I mean, we've kind of done the same old, same old. I am not excited to try the blue milk. I'm just saying. And one thing I'm looking forward to is new shopping experiences. I'm hoping they're not putting the same old, same old merchandise in these stores, but really getting giving us some unique Star Wars memorabilia. Okay. Brooklyn? I'm looking forward to new attractions because we have like <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Hollywood's kind of been half closed for the last few years you know it's exciting to get something new it's like we have one star wars attraction yeah okay sophia also some meeting greets if like um some stars people that would be neat yeah, yeah. i haven't really heard much rumor on that like okay. if they do like please hopefully so for me let me just go into my answers and that would be to get me immersed into star wars because Star tours, we go there. We're walking through the Ewok village. Okay, that's great. It looks, I mean, you got to, you know, all that stuff, but I really prefer to be immersed in the area and feel like I'm on the planet and I'm getting to see characters that are just awesome and getting that blue milk, Jenny, Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. just being part of the story, just yeah. feeling like we're truly in the movies. And that's what I'm excited to. To be a part, and I'm sure everybody else is too, because that's going to be super packed. We all know that. But I'm really excited to, like you said too, is have the new attractions and something different that we're all going to wait for. And it's going to be crazy stuff. But I'm excited to be a kid again to experience, because I would have never thought years ago that we would have this opportunity coming this soon. Yeah. It's actually getting to walk into an actual Star Wars-based city in Black Spire, to be immersed into the world, to see stormtroopers and rebels wandering around like you are actually there. I probably won't play along with this live-action role-playing thing that they have going on, but, you know, (laughs) I'm more of a people-watcher, but I will just enjoy being in the land, in the atmosphere, watching everything going around, trying the food, interacting with the elements, everything. It's what a Star Wars nerd has been hoping for their entire life, to be immersed like this, to interact with other Star Wars nerds, you know? And of course, the rides. I will enjoy the rides, but I mean, who doesn't want to fly the Millennium Falcon, right? But being in Galaxy's Edge is probably the most exciting thing out of all of it. If I can get into the land, <laughs> you know. 
Well, that was interesting. interesting. It sure was. It sure was. All right, so you guys want to talk about the attractions that are going into Galaxy's Edge? Yes, I do. Which one do you want to talk about first? Smuggler's Run. Run. Smuggler's Run. All right. There's two main attractions, right? The Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which will promise to deliver on some of the major Star Wars fantasy fulfillment. It's not just really two main attractions. It's like the two attractions. Because there's only two. Well, a lot of the other stuff, they're counting as attractions, like building the lightsabers, building the droids, that kind of stuff are oh, okay. attractions, but not rides. Yeah, I you're right. I want to build a lightsaber because it looks really cool. It does look really cool. We'll get into that. So Smuggler's Run, you'll find yourself in the cockpit of Han Solo's iconic ship with a crew of up to five friends. You get two pilots. One goes up and down. One goes left and right. Two gunners uh, and two engineers. You will fly it. Fire its cannons and manage its controls. It's a completely interactive experience. So that's pretty cool. So if you don't fire and hit that TIE fighter that's coming after you, it may get some shots and create some damage on the ship that then you have to fix. And if you don't fly right, you may smash into a wall and you can you are truly in control of your mission. That's what I want to do. That's why I want to be up and down so I can just go... Mm. Yeah. But also, the exit of the Smuggler's Run attraction will change depending on how well you flew your mission. If your flight is free from too many bumps or lasers, the exit hallway will look fairly pristine. But if you crash or suffer a bunch of damage, the hallway may be broke with have broken lights, visible damage, and chatter over the communication links about the damage that you've caused. Oh, when we walk in, I need to walk in and say, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. Isn't that six people? Uh, two... Pilots, two engineers, and two gunners. Yeah, gunners. but it was you plus five other people. You're the sixth person. Uh, yeah. Yep. All right. So the whole story is that you're mm. smuggling um, some stuff for... Uh, Hondo. Hondo Anako, right. They needed a pirate. And of all the Star Wars characters that could have been the main character of Smuggler's Run, why'd they pick Hondo? Because need- he's Hondo, and <laughs> you need Hondo. Yep. So Disney said they needed a pirate. And when you need a pirate, there's only one person that comes to mind, Hondo Anako. He's again voiced by Jim Cummings. From the Clone Wars and Rebels. And he was a cool character. Now, Hondo is the second most advanced animatronic character in Disney history. Whoa. Yeah. What's the first? It was the Wicked Witch in uh, the the movie ride. Great movie ride. Oh, no. You know what it is? It's the the shaman from the the Navi River ride. Oh, that one. Okay. I've seen a video of it. Yeah. So, Disney has a long history of impressive animatronics from Abraham Lincoln in 1964 up to the Navi shaman currently in Pandora and Animal Kingdom Park. And while the shaman is still the most advanced animatronic character ever, Hondo is a close second with 50 unique motions and functions. Yep. Seeing the Falcon in person is an experience in itself, an impressive sight to behold, and a testament of hard work, creativity, and legacy. Behind the Falcon is a spaceport run by a shifty pirate, familiar to Star Wars animation fans, Hondo Anako, like we said. Hondo. But inside, the ship is exactly as you remember it from the films, down to details like the Dedrick tail, the exposed cables, and the random gears. The cockpit is a gorgeous array of lights and buttons and switches, all interactive with screens that gunners will use to take down ties. So before you board onto the cockpit uh-huh. to fly, you have that area where everyone is sitting in a new hope while they're waiting to get out of hyperspace. Mm-hmm. They have the chess table there. Can you actually play like chess? You can't play chess, but oh, it, they don't have the pieces out. But you can take your picture there. They have like that little hallway area where Han Solo mm-hmm. and Princess Leia kissed in Empire Strikes Back. So you could do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're on the line for the queue, you could actually see Chewie fixing the Millennium Falcon on top. So that's pretty cool, right? That's cool. I'm scared to go on it because I really don't want to crash it. No, it doesn't actually crash. I want to be a gunner. No, because I don't want somebody coming up to me and saying, They won't come up to you. They won't. We'll get into that. They don't do that yet. Okay. Who wants to talk about Rise of the Resistance? Me! Rise of the Resistance offers a 
different kind of Star Wars playtime fantasy turned reality. Captured and brought behind enemies' lines as a new resistance recruit. You head out on a mission only to have your shuttle caught in a tractor beam. Soon, you will find yourself inside the First Order Star Destroyer. The journey from the entrance to the ride is the ride's location is seamless and the hangar of the Star Destroyer is downright huge. BB-8 is featured in the attraction and Ray, Finn, and Poe all make an appearance with with the actors reprising their roles. Yep. Yeah. Also may come face to face with Kylo Ren even outside of Rise of the Resistance. There are surprises, including life-size decorations of Poe Dameron's X-Wing and an A-Wing throughout the creation of Galaxy's Edge. Cutting-edge technology was key to make this far of the galaxy a reality, and that's especially true regarding the lands-made attraction that's right very good so we we think that's the storyline it seems to be with the some of the images they put out with the star destroyer and like you see like a hundred stormtroopers a lot of them animatronics will be part of this ride obviously isn't open yet and that that was a big deal when they announced it that they were opening the land without this ride that allowed them to open this land earlier than they would have right yeah it's rumored that it's going to be a trackless vehicle And to fine-tune the experience, Imagineers would drive the vehicle in a test space while wearing a VR headset loaded with the attraction's imagery, such as a menacing AT-AT. So remember, there's going to be life-size AT-ATs in this as well. So So this this is a ride that it's like nothing that's ever been done before. Mm -hmm. And I don't, a lot of times they'll say that, but this is actually, I think this is actually true. This seems to be, you're doing a lot of different things. Rise of the Resistance will open in Walt Disney World December 5th and in Disneyland on January 17th. So Disney World gets this one first, right before ha. the holidays. Ha, 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 ha. Disneyland. All right, let's hear from Dingus Bringus and the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Dingus And the Hyperion Adventures podcast about what they're most looking forward to in Galaxy's Edge. Smuggler's Run is going to be amazing when you pilot the Falcon. The Rise of Resistance is going to be amazing because it's going to be a longer ride that takes you through a Star Destroyer, which is awesome. I mean, the immersiveness of the park itself is really exciting because you're going to feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. Then you also have the merchandise where you buy your own lightsabers, you get Jedi robes. I don't know. And there's going to be the hotel as well, which they haven't really given much info on yet, but the hotel is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm I'm probably most excited for just being there because when I was watching the Star Wars Celebration panel, I, no joke, had tears coming down my face seeing that this is real. We're going to be able to walk through this, touch these things, and we're going to feel like we're in the Star Wars universe, which which has been my dream, really, since like I was a little kid. That would be so cool to be in a Star Wars universe. That would, that's like the dream, and it's going to happen. So probably the just the immersiveness and being able to walk around the two and feel like you're in Star Wars, seeing these characters and and just living like you're in Star Wars when you're on Batu. I am most excited just being able to become immersed into that universe. You know, obviously looking forward to, you know, attractions, food and shops. I'm sure they're going to be fabulous and there's going to be a lot of ooing and eyeing and spending money. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, goes, there goes our bank account again. Right, right. But just going there and feeling like you've been transported into 
this really exciting experience is what I'm looking forward to most. You know, um, we we talked about Cars Land in the past and how wonderful immersion you feel when you go there at Disneyland Resort. And and I'm just envisioning this to be like that on or steroids. Pandora, Pandora, the Pandora, same right, way. right. Yeah. But just on steroids, it's just going to be really, really great just to be there, just to yeah. feel like, you know, something you've grown up watching as a kid. And now you're going to be actually, it's around you. You're part of it. You're right. feeling it. You're smelling it, tasting it. <laughs> I'm really looking forward yeah, me to too. just the experience of I, being there. I'm excited to, uh, you know, fly the Millennium Falcon. Let me, sure. let's be honest. As a kid, I wanted to fly the Millennium Falcon. But I, I'm thinking the way they, they've laid this thing out, at least if what they're saying is true of it, that I would be happy just walking through there and just feeling like I'm in the place where I've always wanted to be since I was a young child right. within the Star Wars universe, walking through that gate and immersing yourself in Star Wars, just like you said, Michelle. Yes. That is so exciting to me that whether I go on an attraction or not, I'm going to enjoy Star Wars Galaxy's Edge so much. Yes, and everything we see about it, it just doesn't look like it's going to be a disappointment at all. That no. it, On the contrary, it's going to be one of those you go in and you're just going to, well, we'll probably cry, but. No. Well, I will. You know I will. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. And we are so excited for it. Yeah, so. So. Well, that was interesting. All right. Do you want to talk about the lightsaber building that's available in here, Sparrow? Yes, I do. Because this is pretty cool. Two different lightsaber shops will be available at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The first, called Doc Arn's Den of Antiques. It's Doc Undar. Doc Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to even try saying that again. Um, will sell a series of ten legacy lightsabers based on famous blades from the Star Wars canon. The second, called Savvy's Workshop, will allow fans to build their own lightsabers from a discreet collection of parts. Both the legacy and the custom lightsabers will be compatible with the universal blade system. Blades are available in different lengths and sizes, and each one will light up in a variety of colors depending on the hilt that it's attached to. The legacy blades include replicas of both Luke Skywalker's lightsabers, as well as the iconic weapons carried by Ahsoka Tano, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, and Mace Windu. Each will come packed in its own satin linen presentation case. So, like... Kind of like Ollivander's. This mm-hmm. is the Star Wars version of Ollivander's. Absolutely, yep. Um, complete with a unique chevron on the outside. Yeah. Some, well, this is a little bit like yeah. Ollivander's. Cause you're not building your own, you're buying. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess Ollivander's has that too, right? You buy mm-hmm. you buy just a wand, or you could do the show where the yeah. wand, you create the wand, which you'll talk about mm-hmm. next. Some blades will also come with additional accessories to make them more accurate. Kylo Ren's blade will come with two additional blades to accommodate this his iconic cross guard. While Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Star Wars Return of the Jedi will feature a special attachment point for its extremely narrow emitter. I don't know what the emitter is. That's where the blade comes out of. Oh, okay. Only your nerds know that. <laughs> Go to the Savvy part. Yeah, okay. Savvy was one of the original gatherers and friends of Lord Santaka, who, um, who we met briefly at the beginning of Star Wars The Force Awakens. I'm going to call him Savvy. 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 Like lore, Sa- like lore, Savvy was a believer in the ideals of the Jedi Order and helped to pass pass on his knowledge of the Jedi lore. He created a salvage business as a front to hide his clandestine mission of guiding the next generation of Force wielders and helping them create their own u- their unique lightsabers. 
Those ready to learn his knowledge will find a symbol displayed in the front of the workshop indicating that they are in the correct location. They must give the secret phrase to gatherers to enter the inside. Mm -hmm. That's cool. There's no sign saying this is where you build lightsabers Mm -hmm. because if you're in the real planet of Batu. They don't want to advertise. You wouldn't for say, the first, hey, build your lightsaber here, people. Right, because the first order would stop them, right? So They're you like, kind of have to figure out and know where it is and then say the right word to get in. So that's pretty cool. The right word is, let me build my lightsaber. <laughs> what have, is the right word? I have $200 and I want to spend it. Oh, come right <laughs> in, sir. <laughs> Once inside the workshop, the builders will be surrounded by various odds and ends, pieces and objects. These pieces will become key elements in building and refinement of their lightsabers. At the center of the room is the builder's table, a large oval-shaped table assembled from ancient pieces salvaged from across the galaxy that can accommodate up to 14 builders at a time to choose their crystal and craft their lightsabers. I wonder what a cast member would say if you asked them, where's the lightsaber building, please? Hmm, I don't know. We'll have to find that out. It's hidden in the shadows. If anyone's done that, let us know what they say. Yes. Before entering the build chamber at Savvy's workshop, guests must first choose from one of four types of lightsaber kits. Option includes the Jedi-focused Peace and Justice set, the Sith-focused Power and Control assortment, which is mine, obviously, (laughs) the more Naturalistic. naturalistic elemental nature set, and the mysterious protection and defense kit. That's mine. Yeah. Which one's your? Which one would you choose? Uh, I would probably do the Jedi focus peace and justice one. <sighs> How could you guys betray me? I want to do the mystery one. <laughs> <laughs> Once inside the build chamber, cast members called gatherers will arrive and offer a choice of three different colored kyber crystals. The crystals themselves are random. Guests will know the color, but not the cut or kind of crystal until they open it. Once selected, crystals will then be inserted into a holocron, which will allow iconic characters from the Star Wars universe to whisper the mysteries of the Force. Disney staff Disney staff stressed that the crystals themselves contain new and unusual lore about the Star Wars universe. So that's pretty cool. So you, you can yeah. buy these crystals separate, mm-hmm. even in the store, just buy a crystal. And then they'll fit in the lightsabers that you build. They'll, um, they'll go in holocrons that you could buy. Mm-hmm. And they'll do different things. And there are... Certain red ones, you think you're buying red, will actually be the black to build a black saber. So I don't think that changes your lightsaber to black, but uh-huh. it, if you put in a holocron, you kind of get different things, which right, is pretty wait, cool. Wait, when I read holocron, did I say holocrux? No, you said holocron. You're right. Okay, not, good. You weren't thinking Harry Potter. I was not. <laughs> All right. So there's also a place where you could build droids, and this is out cool. in the open. You'll know where this is. Mm-hmm. So guests will be able to build either an R2 or BB-8 series droid. Each droid stands roughly 18 inches tall and are remote huh. controlled. The control functionality offers standard forward, backward, left, and right inputs. However, controllers can also trigger accessories, which can be added onto the droids, like blasters or mock tools. So these are going to be expensive? Um, Yes, but less expensive than the lightsabers. I think these are around $100. How much is lightsabers? $200 to build your own lightsaber, yeah. For one lightsaber? Yeah. Yeah, it's very expensive. How much do you think just a crystal would be? Uh, crystals, I think, is like fifteen dollars. Oh, I'm buying a crystal yeah. then. And the holocrons, I think, around forty or fifty. I want to oh, build okay. lightsaber. All right, good luck. Well, they're so customizable, the droids, oh, that yeah. they'll even be able to react to elements of the land. I don't think this is in place yet, but in the future they'll do that. Okay. And they're powered by batteries. Cool. Customization options options include swapping out panels, stickers, leg pieces, making it possible for guests to create colorful droids with lots of personality. 
Each droid has a slot where guests can insert a car known as a personality chip. Upon initially purchasing a droid, it will either sound like R2-D2 or BB-8, but by swapping out the personality chip, guests can change the sound their droid makes. Oh. There will be the following three chips available. The resistance chip, a smuggler chip, and one for the first order. Uh, do, does it mean when you say, do you get to make it your own what it sounds like? Do you get to make it what it sounds like? Like, do you get to make your own noise? No, I don't think so. It sounds like you get, like, different choices. I wonder what the the Of course, I choose the smuggler one. The reason why these various chips based on factions are significant is because once installed, the droids will be able to react to to the land itself. But like I said, I don't think that's in place right now. Um, But the droids do react to each other. So if you build one and Sparrow, you build one, they can react to each other and talk to each other, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Also, classic Star Tour fans, so like we talked about last episode of Star Tours, they've eagerly eagerly been awaiting the availability of DJ R3X, which is... Captain Rex, Rex from Star Tours, and he's over at Ogus Cantina. They also have a figure variant that you could buy, which will feature a Bluetooth speaker for guests to play their music from, of course. Cool. Disneyland's, uh, well, so Disneyland, and I'm not sure, but Disney World might also be selling limited edition Funko Pops of DJ Rex. Hmm. So I can listen to my NF from Rex. <laughs> That's right. A C-3PO figure will also be available at the Droid Depot in Galaxy's Edge. Can I play NF off C-3PO? I don't think so. This 3CPO droid will have removable limbs like Empire Strikes Back and a button on his torso (laughs) that when pressed makes him recite the whole Star Wars saga in Ewok ease like in Return of the Jedi. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I want to do that now. All I remember from that, and it's ingrained in my memory, is when he goes, Toronto Bosch! Toronto Bosch! He's talking about the ad-ads from that. (laughs) All right, let's hear, <laughs> let's hear from Jody Mayberry and the Go Mouse Scouts podcast about what they're most looking forward to in Galaxy's mm. Edge. No, that's going to be implanted in my brain. Toronto Mush. Toronto Mush. It's going to be living inside of a, these movies that I, I loved as a, as a child. That's one of the great things that Disney does is it just brings our imagination into reality. And that is wonderful. That's what I'm excited about with Galaxy's Edge. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to be there, but I know it's going to be wonderful. Being able to go in and be like in the Star Wars world and and the universe, you know, you're going to walk through the gates and all of a sudden you're going to be on this other planet, you know, in the Black Spire outpost, um, you know, amongst thousands of other Disney fans. But you know, I'm just not going to think about them, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's it's going to be awesome just to be in that that land and, and the whole atmosphere. So, what about I'm you? really excited about the immersive environment too, and it mm-hmm. just you know being so just like surrounded by it, but also the costumes, costumes, the costumes, nice. because Disney always does such an awesome job on costumes anyway, and I just know that the costumes are just going to be amazing, and I love costumes. Yep. Kit, what about you? I'm really excited for the um, Lemayan Falcon ride. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do on that? Um, I want either want to um drive the Lemayan Falcon or shoot one of the guns. Okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, that, that was interesting. interesting. It's always interesting. Yes. Can I say what I'm I'm most looking forward to? Uh, we're gonna get to that to the end. Yeah. Um, is that okay or do you want to do it now you want to do, I want it now? do it now all right stitch tell me what you're most looking forward to in galaxy's edge either the building a droid or building a lightsaber yeah why why does that intrigue you so much 
well, all the interactions they're gonna have, and they're like in, um making them like much better than the ones from um like Star Tours, cause it was a mini droid, just plastic, and then yeah. But then there was like also the lightsabers were kind of cheap, right? Kind of, but now the lightsabers are gonna be like uh, like like real lightsabers, mm-hmm. and then the droids are gonna be like interactive, like the the height as a real droid. No, well, I wouldn't say the height of a real droid. It's 18 inches. Yeah, it's not the height of a real droid. How it's still a little small. Is... It's like the BB-8 we have in the basement. I told not, not the Sphero BB-8, but the the other one. It was like, yeah, like that. A foot and a half. Cool. Yeah. I wonder if you could ask a cast member, just be like, hey, can I have a black crystal? No, I think you have to look for him. But there is a trick. If you shine a flashlight through the container that mm-hmm. has the red, um, if it doesn't shine all the way through, it means like you have a black Oh, we're going to need yeah. to do that. But right? I don't know if you're even allowed to do that anymore. All right, so you're most looking forward to building stuff. Yeah. All right, that's cool. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, let's go over some tidbits for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Cool. So um, there was rumors that there would be roaming interactive droids characters, but they're, uh, they're no. not there now. They okay. may come later on, mm-hmm. and that would be cool if there were. Yeah. But I think they're, gonna, they're waiting for the crowds to come and everything, yeah. and then after maybe a year or so, they'll add their own droids. Cause the there was crowds even, haven't really come, came well, yet? It's not open yet, in Disney World anyway. Well, what about the crowds in Disneyland? The, the crowds are actually a little lighter than what they're expecting, but I think they <laughs> kind of scared everyone away by yeah. saying how crowded it's going to be. But they actually had some droids roaming around, I think it was D23 last year, as yeah. like an experiment for this, so <laughs> I hope they do that. They Cas- have talking garbage cans. They used to have a talking garbage can in Disney World. It was called Push the Trash Can. Maybe we'll do a future episode on that. <laughs> All right. Cast members create their own identities with parameters. So while cast members are encouraged to develop their own unique Star Wars characters with their own personalities and allegiances, they were given certain restrictions. They're so incredibly excited. They're making up things where we're like, wait, 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 hold on there. You can't be Han Solo's second cousin. <laughs> but it's cool. So they could, they could if you talk to them, um, they'll ask you, like, what planet are you from? They'll tell you their backstory, whether they're with the Rise of the, with the First Order I'll or with the Resistance. My, I'll tell them my um, backstory. Uh, I was born one day. All and right, then we're not going to go through the rest of a planet. Stop, stop. I'm from planet <laughs> 2373. Wherever that is. I'm from you planet, tell me. I'm from planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the costumes will be at Disney first. So for the first time in history of Disney theme parks, cast members who work at Galaxy's Edge will not only be able to develop personalities, but also express themselves by picking out their own outfits Ooh. from a curated wardrobe of all different kinds of fabrics, layers, and accessories. So I'll they pick have a, a leather jacket. So they have options to pick from, and they kind of mix and match and create their own be, costumes, wanna, which is cool. I want to get a costume of Stormtrooper. Yeah. I would do a leather jacket with black pants. <laughs> Definitely not copying off Han Solo right now, guys. Nope, Definitely not at not. all. He had a vest, not a jacket. Mm. Solo, he had a jacket. Did he? I think you're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. You're copying him. <laughs> Look out for droid. Look out for droid tracks. Mm-hmm. If Black Spire Outpost has been around for generations, odds are there would be droid tracks around. So to achieve that, the team went to Lucasfilm to find the original R2-D2 from A New Hope. Get a mold of his tracks and then transpose that to a device that was spread all over the park to add some authenticity. So they have R2-D2 droid tracks in the concrete. That's cool. Yeah. Everything is set a little bit higher on purpose. As you walk through Galaxy's Edge, you may notice many things are a little above eye level. That was done on purpose in anticipation of almost always being very crowded. 
To the extent that we can, we're avoiding the trope of the meet and greet and really leaning towards engaging with characters in a way that makes sense for the story you decide to have. Cool. Visitors might run into V, the rebel spy near a full-size X-Wing fighter docked in a hidden resistance base camp just outside of Black Spire. dressed up in a rebel costume. (laughs) Just outside of Black Spire's village. So there's actually, cool, there's a new character who's working for the Mm -hmm. resistance and it's kind of like, doesn't want to get caught by stormtroopers, sneaking around, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. If we were to see a resistance spy, they might come up to us and say, will you help me? I have a friend. I need to get to a ship. I may need help making sure the First Order doesn't know about it. You know what I would say? What? How many credits you pay me for? <laughs> or perhaps visitors might see Chewbacca along the, like we said, along the rooftop of Onaka Transport Solution <laughs> overlooking the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Maybe this friend is a giant eight-foot furry creature, Tobridge <laughs> says. It is more about engagement with characters and doing those things those characters would do versus a m- more static meet-and-greet. <laughs> so, like, even Rey... As you see her, you can still get your picture with her quickly, but she's, like, doing things and trying to fix a ship and everything, so you do that with her. Imagine it's, like, the actual actor, like, walking around. <laughs> That'd be cool. Stuff. So there was a book, Thrawn Alliances, last mm-hmm. year that had the character Thrawn in it from um, Star Wars Rebels. But there are key moments that took place in that book on Batuu, and they're actually in the park. Really? There's a lot of content coming out, or already out, that has scenes and me- moments set on Batuu. This started with Timothy Zahn's book, Thrawn Alliances. It was our big coming out, said Lucasfilm creative Matt Martin. Tim came with a pitch for this book and had a location that already kind of felt like that too. So it's like, I have a suggestion. And Tim just got super excited about including this world. And of course, that's just the beginning. The future's already in the works. Galaxy's Edge wasn't designed just to be what it is on day one forever. In fact, there are doors and areas you'll see when you're there that are already being planned for the future. We've also built in the ability as this land grows, as new characters come aboard, as new stories come out, as we see how our guests react to land, the ability to open new spaces and flex spaces, said an Imagineer. Okay, we need to go there. (laughs) So we built in the ability in the future to build the land out more. So we already, in our heads, kind of have a little more of what we're going to do. Cool. That sounds cool. There are teases, like we said before, from future future films. Uh-huh. We were told that somewhere in the park there are new teases and specifically vehicles from new films, presumably presumably episode nine. So that's cool. Oh well, when we go, we'll already see episode. We'll probably already have seen episode nine. Yep. So, all right, you guys want to talk a little bit more about the the merchandise? Yeah. Is that yeah. good? Well, right. it's not really merchandise because so no Star Wars brand Right, it's on not them. merchandise. It's items for sale. There are nine <laughs> primary uh, merchandise locations in Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Uh, the Droid Depot we talked about. Yes. Savi's Workshop we built. We talked about. Doc Ondar's Den of Iniquities. I just want to make it clear. We did not build Savi's Workshop. We did not. No. Uh, Creature Stall. The Jewels of Bith, Black Spire Outfitters, Toydarian Toymaker, Resistance Supply, and First Order Cargo. I wonder what so, Toydarian Toymaker is going to sell. They're going to sell. Probably lightsabers, right? Toys. <gasps> no way. So you get toys there. The Resistance Supply and First Order have uh-huh. like items specific to those things, like shirts, uniforms, items for the First Order I or the get Resistance. I want to Resistance. Or, yep. or First Order jacket. Um, there are no blasters oh, in Star man. Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, Disney stopped selling blasters. It's part of their policy, so there's no oh, there. Well, then I, I have Han Solo's blaster then. So, yeah, somewhere, you do. Somewhere. You, you got it before that ban. Um, you can buy animals at the, the creature stall. You can get Tauntauns, Porgs. You can get a Rathtar. Oh, my god! You can get a loaf cat that's sleeping. So really cool stuff. Are those the things that you like put on your shoulders? They have those. The, the um, I forget what they're called now. Pork? No, it's not the pork. Banshee? Not the banshee. It's the um, 
it's the job of the hut guy. I, for, I forget oh, the species his name. Um, yep. I want to Rob, Rob from uh, GTA Podcast would know. Jedi Temple Podcast. And by the way, if you haven't listened to the Jedi yes. Temple Archive Podcast, GTA Podcast, check it out. It's a great Star Wars podcast, and it doesn't make you feel like a jerk. <laughs> Even if you don't know everything, uh, it makes you feel like you're new to Star Wars, like It'll you can understand you everything. everything, tells you everything. Um. Do they have like those crystal dog things from? No, no crystal foxes. Oh, okay. and there's I also the closing stores. So, um, a lost cat would be cool. Yeah, sleeping lost cat. Doc Ondar's goodbye lost class. <laughs> Doc Ondar's den of iniquities just sells a bunch of different stuff. Like mm-hmm. we talked about, they have Jedi and Sith holocrons artifacts, the lightsabers that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about this store is there's an animatronic in the store, the hammerhead looking guy from. Okay, Ken- him. The yeah, cantina yeah, from the guys. first movie, yeah, but a different one, and he actually talks and interacts with people in the store. So, it's so actually, I can bargain a price. You can bargain. How much the is price. this? Two hundred dollars. How about five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll do that. <laughs> There's also a life-size wampa in there, full-size, twelve-foot stomped, stomped, <laughs> stuffed wampa from the planet Hoth. <laughs> he was stepped on. <laughs> yep. So Doc Ondar is two hundred. Stepped on him. <laughs> So Doc Ondar is 245-year-old Ithorian, which will always be in the store, moving around and working in his very own booth. He was designed by Imagineers to be almost a randomly playlist of motions, so you rarely see him doing the same thing twice. Plus, if you ask a nearby cast member for help, they may haggle uh, with him for you. Hmm. All right, so let's hear from the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. MMM. Yep. The Love of the Mouse podcast and the Capture the Magic podcast on what they're most looking forward to, to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Galaxy's Edge. I can't wait to set foot in Black Spire Outposts and really be immersed in that environment. I, I think it's going to be very emotional for me as a person. The Star Wars movies have always been a huge part of my life. Having these experiences where I actually get to touch, feel, taste, smell, experience Star Wars, it's it's pretty impactful for me. I'm just going to say, I've, I've warned Sam, I've warned the kids, when we walk into Galaxy's Edge the first time, they're just going to have to accept the fact that I'm probably going to be a blubbering fool and I will be embarrassing them with the tears rolling down my face out of just pure joy and excitement. I just can't wait for it. And I think I'm probably most excited to actually get to step foot onto the Millennium Falcon. And I know the ride's going to be great, but the fact that we're going to get to kind of hang out in kind of the lounge area and see and, and touch the things that we've seen in the movies, I just, I can't explain it. Anyway, it's amazing. I can't believe that we're actually living this dream right now. And August 29th cannot get here soon enough for me. Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. I know everybody is hyped up about uh, Rise of the Resistance, how it's going to be immersive, how it's going to be a a 28 or so minute long experience. But I think I'm looking forward to going into the Millennium Falcon and seeing that, being that Han Solo is my favorite character, just seeing his ship from the inside. I think it's going to be amazing just how immersive that itself is going to be. The ride hopefully will live up to it, but... I'm going in cautiously optimistic because of how Pandora has played out, being that there are only two rides. Being what we know about Rise of the Resistance at this point, it seems that's going to be the ride that everybody's going to gravitate towards, which is for good reason. 
But overall, I think uh, I think I'm looking forward to Millennium Falcon more, which comes as a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling about Galaxy's Edge. I'm very excited for everything to open, and the Coke bottles should also be uh, mentioned because that looks awesome. How they have custom Coke bottles for Galaxy's Edge—that's something else I'm super excited about because I love pop. Being that I'm a Pittsburgh person, I will say it that way till the day that I die. May the force be with you. There's a lot of things I'm excited for. I'm excited to see all the intricate theming. I'm excited to be able to get into the Millennium Falcon. Um, I'm also excited to see how they're going to bridge the Star Wars Hotel into the land. Like how that's going to work. Yeah, that's all. Like, yeah, it's very interesting how they'll yeah, do that. And hopefully stay this. there. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, all the things you said, yeah. I, I think if I had to pick one... It'd be really hard. I'd almost put the two rides because I actually think mm-hmm. Disney's going to do things that we just have never seen before in a theme park. And I'm just very excited for being able to just experience it. So, you know, obviously Smugglers Run with the Millennium Falcon. I mean, you get to f- fly it and you get to push buttons and all these things. Um, and then what they're going to do with Escape from, or what I think it's Escape from the Resistance or Rise of the Rise Resistance. Rise of the Resistance, yeah. What I've read about that and what Disney has said, it seems uh, like it's just absolutely amazing. So those two rides, uh, I would say I'm the most excited for, even though I'm very excited for all of it. And I probably will just spend all day in there if they'll let me. So Mm -hmm. I would say that's... They may not let you. They may (laughs) kick me out because I'll probably... I want to push more buttons. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. Oh, boy. Sparrow, let's hear. What are you what? most looking forward to? Or do you oh. want to go last? Um, I still need to think. <laughs> okay. I am most looking forward to, in Galaxy's Edge, is seeing the life-size Millennium Falcon. Yeah. I think that is going to be, it's almost, it's like seeing the castle on Main Street. You walk through the entrance there and you see the full-sized, real life, not real life, but full-sized Millennium Falcon. That's that's a cool moment, I think. I'm looking forward to that. And all the details in the land and everything. Once I get my hot solo jacket, we can walk in there and I'll you can be Chewbacca. Just go like I, can, <laughs> I can't do the Chewbacca voice if only I can. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk a little bit about I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the food. I'm not gonna go okay. too into too much detail because with okay. Disney food changes all the time as I people want the come soda in and bottles, out. Though. But we, yeah, we'll we'll get yes, to that. Definitely. Well let's talk about that first. So they Yeah. Um they have Coke and Diet Coke and Sprite and Dasani yes. water. We need to get all of those. In Galaxy's Edge, but what's different about them, Sparrow? They're like circular bottles, I think. Yeah. And it's like, Someone it has the I... Arabic thingy writing on it or whatever. Arabesh, yeah. Yeah, Arabesh. Arabic is a real language. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Arabesh is the Star Wars. Yes. Some of them are like tall, and the, but the Sprite is like a... A circle grenade. It looks like a boogie bomb from Fortnite. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it's meant to look like a... um. Uh, thermal detonator. Thermal detonator. Thank you. And the Dasani, you're right, is thin and small. So those are really I cool. I played too much battle. And there's <laughs> there's actually been long lines for those already oh, wow. in Disneyland to get those. So, but they're really cool looking. Check out the picture online. Yeah. There are five main food stands: Oga's Cantina, Docking Bay Seven Food and Cargo, Docking Bay Seven, <laughs> Ronto Roasters, the Milk Stand, and Katsaka's Kettle. And you see some coffee for Ronto's so- Roasters, Dad. It's it's actually not coffee. Aww. It's they're roasting animals. Um, 
So the milk stand, but not not for real. The milk stand, they do have your green and blue milk. I need to try Although that blue milk. It's actually, it's not milk. It's like a plant-based smoothie oh. kind of thing. Ew. Um, some people like it. Some people don't. That's disgusting. I don't want that now. Yeah, so, well, well, we'll try it, of course. It's a sm- plant-based smoothie. Who eats plants? Well, you know, so it's, so it's not real dairy, but it's a frozen smoothie mm. with berries and melons. It's the blue one. Oh, frozen? Um, and the the green one kind of has a tropical flavor from what they say. Hmm. Frozen things are always better than real things. Just yeah. telling you people. Yeah, that's true. With the butter beer. So Oga ca- Oga's Cantina, which you need reservations mm-hmm. for. Oh, well, we um, that. It's hard to get in. There's a time limit because it's it's just like the Cantina uh-huh. in episode four. That's where Captain Rex is. And he plays a three-hour loop of music and him talking. <laughs> they actually have a hyperdrive in the middle of the Cantina. Uh-huh. And like the power, the lights will flicker and they'll kind of hit the hyperdrive to make <laughs> it go again. It's pretty cool. There's lots of... I wasn't paying attention. Oga, Oga's Cantina. <laughs> okay. There's, will they play the three-hour... Um, Loop of Old Town Road. <laughs> <laughs> no, that they will not do. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's too catchy. <laughs> so August Cantina, they have light snacks and they have alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to name out some of these so drinks. I can get my chocolate milk there. Well, I'm going to name the drinks they have. I'm not going to describe what they are, but the names are pretty funny, right? So they have the Outer Rim, okay. the, the Fuzzy Tauntaun, <laughs> the T16, the T16 uh, Skyhopper. Okay. They have the Dagobah Slug Slinger. <laughs> the Jedi Mind Trick. Okay. The Yub Nub. Yub Nub. Yub Nub. <laughs> Jet Juice. Okay. Uh, the Bloody Rancor. Ew! <laughs> I'll try that. The Bespin Fizz. So those those are all the alcoholic, non-alcoholic. Oh, they have man. The Black Spire. <laughs> no, I can't try the Bloody Rancor. <laughs> no. They have the Black Spire Brew, which is a spicy coffee. They have Tyrrhenian Tea. The okay. Blue Bantha, okay. the Cliff Dweller, mm-hmm. the Hyperdrive Punch It! <laughs> that's when, when they're making it, that's when they punch the Hyperdrive. Here's the best one. Jabba Juice. <laughs> <laughs> you get your uh, Wookiee cookies <laughs> yeah. with your Jabba you Juice? Wookiee cookie. Uh, Mangan Tea and the Carbon Freeze. Carbon Freeze. Which, one's, which one's chocolate milk? None of them's chocolate milk. Huh. Obviously, you just have to order chocolate milk. So, and we mentioned Thrawn's Alliance, the book. Yeah. Padme goes to Oga's Cantina and orders a an Andean white wine, and you can actually get that there too. Hmm. Can't get the ran- the bloody rancor. <sighs> no, you can't get the bloody the rancor. Bloody I want the bloody rancor. I want to drink rancor blood. <laughs> rancor. 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 It's it's rancor blood with chlorine. All right. So then your snacks. You have <laughs> Katsaki. I'm just moving on. Katsaki's kettle, which sells what they call kettle corn. Um, well, it's it's corn. It's not kettle corn. Oh. They call popped grains, so, popped but it's different kettle. flavors. There's like a spicy and a savory and Ooh. sweet, and you mix the two together, and they're kind of like they're red reddish uh, color. It's cool. supposed to be really good. I want to see if I can guess these snacks. Ronto Roasters uh, has roasting roasting a Ronto. So it's actually a, that's the one where that you have the droid uh, mm-hmm. roast. Uh, roasting Aranto over a pod racer engine. It's some kind of animal in okay. Star Wars. I don't remember. It's still grossing me out right yes. now. So you could eat space meats made on a pod racing engine. One of the primary yeah. eating establishments in Black Spire <laughs> Outpost is Ronto Roasters. So they like, they sell like turkey jerky, sweet teriyaki jerky, okay. um, and it's it's a sausage wrap. It's sausage in a, in a pita. <gasps> that's all it is. It's not an actual thing. Is it like actually like burgers and stuff like that? No, no. Hot that's dogs. in that's in. Um, 
Docking Bay 7, I think. Ooh. This is just, it's a sausage wrap. Can so, we talk about do, Docking Bay 7? Telling me that because I was getting really <laughs> grossed out. So let's just talk about that. Let's talk about Docking Bay 7. Yeah. Step into Docking Bay 7 food and cargo restaurant in mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge and you'll find hungry Star Wars fans dining inside, cool. obviously. Okay. Uh, the quick serve, it's a quick serve restaurant okay. that takes inspiration from lively Japanese food markets. It was run by chef Cookie Stronto Cookie Tugs. <laughs> Who makes Cookie regular tons. intergalactic stops at the he Galaxy's Edge eatery with his food truck like spaceships. And oh. they, they have a bunch. So wonder if you can get Empanada Guy, his food no, truck you spaceships. Like that. <laughs> but mm. it's a cool place. They have a bunch of different stuff. Burgers. Um, they have kids' meals, desserts, signature drinks like Moof Juice <laughs> and Fatro iced tea. Fatro. Um, so that's pretty cool. So check yeah. it out. Uh, that's the food guy. place. So, no, not chicken guy. That's at Disney Springs. Oh, <laughs> so chicken let's, guy. Let's Please hear. Chicken guy. Yes, next time we go, we will. So let's hear from Kingdom to Kingdom podcast and our friends Michael and Craig at Connecting with Walt podcast about yeah. what they're most looking forward to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, being There's there. so much. I know. I. You know what I'm excited for? What? As we've been seeing more and more about this, I am excited just for that theming, especially in the merchandise. Mm -hmm. Because they've said everything's going to be, it's going to be as if it were in the land. And they, like, Star Wars Celebration was this last weekend. Um, I just watched stuff uh, from it, and, like, they have little uh, wooden stormtroopers that are, like, they look like they were handmade by, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a a kid. So cool. And, and, you know, like what we saw at the end of The Last Jedi, where... Mm -hmm. They're recreating that final. The kids are recreating that final battle. That's yeah. what made me, made me think of as soon as we were reading about Batu and you know, Galaxy's Edge is those kids playing with and recreating the final battle from that movie inside of the movie and thinking like that's so genius. Yeah. To try and recreate that in real life in the parks. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think yeah. that just that level of immersion yes, is going to be something that we haven't seen before, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm most excited for. It. I think. I'm easily immersed, but mm-hmm. I think I'm at a place now in my theme park fandom and you know in my personal fandom where I will be looking at the details and I'll be looking at kind of in wonder at how they did it. Yeah. So there's a level of immersion that I'm not going to have just because I think it's you know I'll be uh, too in my own head about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see other kids um, mm. who don't have that. You know, who aren't thinking about the Imagineering process and how they made the deal with Coca-Cola and all, you know, all this other yeah. stuff that'll be going around my head. Um, but to have them, you know, see the world through their eyes. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I think so, too. Other than finally being able to enjoy blue milk, what are you now looking forward to most about this new land? I don't want to be repetitive like everyone else, but for me, it's it's Rise of the Resistance. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the fact that it's going to be this long, immersive attraction going through uh, the, this story from the movies that we're, we're currently seeing right now, seeing all those characters brought to life. Uh, and if, if it all works out technically with the way that they're, they're planning on it happening, then it's going to be it's going to be amazing and you know while i am excited to walk through the shops and and eat the food and be immersed in that way uh you with anything disney you know it it eventually all comes back to to those 
those favorite attractions that I have. So the, of course the, the thing I have to be most excited about is what the marquee attraction of galaxy's edge will be. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to just what they've created, the immersiveness of this land. And because it's, it's supposed to be like nothing they have ever done before. I am looking forward to rise of the resistance because it just sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm worried I'm going to get sick. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, being, you know, you're, you're based out in Orlando. I'm based in Northern California. Uh, you know, opening of Galaxy's Edge has been a big concern for us out here because Disneyland, it's a charming little park. And we are really worried about what is Galaxy's Edge going to do to Disneyland as the we're not just going to have Disneyland fans who like Star Wars there we're going to have Star Wars fans who normally would never go to a Disney park yeah you know in <laughs> just descending so i'm looking f- more forward to the Disney Hollywood <laughs> studio version of it than the Disneyland version um, but yeah i'm right know. there with you on that yeah but but you know we can only remember what the great yoda once said fear is the path to the dark side Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. So I, I can't, just can't, I can't be worried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, good words to live by. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Tony Sparrow and Stitch, for inviting us to be a part of the show. And if you'd like to learn more about the history of Star Tours and Disneyland, check out uh, my Disneyland at 60 series in our Disneyland um, podcast archives and connecting with Walt archives at disunplug.com or on iTunes. And I hope you'll join me and Craig each week for more about Disney history. So may the force be with you. Hailing frequencies out. Well, that was interesting. Very, 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 very interesting. Super interesting. Do you want me to tell you what my favorite, what I'm most looking forward to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. The people. The people? The like people. the cast members and the, yeah. the... I can't wait to like interact with them after doing everything. Yeah, that's a good Just, answer. Like, interacting with them, like saying my backstory, how I'm a smuggler from... Yeah, that's cool. You make up your own backstory. I like Places. It. Yeah. That's good. That's I like that. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, also, we have a uh, a new, quote-unquote, sponsor oh, yeah. for the podcast. Stormtroopers Storm Windows. They'll ask you to open up your windows. Stormtroopers Storm Windows. Check them out at uh, notarealwebsite.com. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Heck. about... Let's talk about the Parks app. Yeah. So part of the app is you could do your mobile ordering from Docking Bay oh, 7, cool. Ronto Roasters, and the Milk Stand. Um, milk Stand? So you don't have to... You don't, okay. <laughs> you don't Get have to, your milk! <laughs> you don't have to wait online for those. They'll, they'll, you could do the ordering online. You can so order your milk. In addition to action guests can do on their own, there's a team game called Outpost Control on the Parks Play app cool. where panels throughout the land installed by the First Order are being fought over. Pick a side, resistance or first order, and battle for supremacy until I one faction no, I want one. controls most of the blips. So they'll actually mm-hmm. call your phone or whatever you have a data pad while you're on Batu, which is funny. So it's the it's not the um, Walt Disney World app. It's the the Parks Play app where you can play the, the games and the quizzes. App. Disney Play app. Thank yeah. you. And when you go into Star Wars Land, it actually looks... Um, like something that would be in Star Wars, the oh, interface. Cool. Oh, so it's like the it's pretty much the BB-8 Sphero app. How it's like those it's, controls? Yeah, similar to that. Yes, that's cool. Uh, am I allowed to get it on my iPod if I can? Because yeah. I want to pick. 
the resistance and spirit sure. would want to pick the first order. So the app, they're saying, is basically a third ride. If you aren't riding on one of the two main attractions, Disney hopes you'll be using its Play Disney Parks app to have unique time in the park. From the lines to the stores, walkways, and more, the app unlocks new experiences at every turn. The whole thing was built and wired to be interactive from day one. You could hack, scan, translate, and tune. Ooh. Those are the four tools in the Star Wars section of the app. You can listen and to your tunes. No, no, I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> and through those tools, guests will be able to do those things around the land. You could accept all kinds of jobs. Uh, one of the four menus in the app is a job board, and there, a huge variety of different jobs, aka games, games. are available from one from ones that take seconds to some that may take longer. Each will require you to walk around with the app, use your tools, and complete the tasks. But keep your heads up. Disney doesn't want a bunch of people just walking around with their heads in their phones, so all the jobs in the app require you to look around. You'll be exploring, searching, and then finally using the phone to complete things such as translating text, scanning crates, and more. So it's pretty much like the Galaxy's Edge version of Pokemon Go. Kind yeah, of, like, or like the Perry the Platypus game that you could do in Epcot. Yeah, it's yeah, similar yeah. similar to that, but a little more entailed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about the Wi-Fi, they say, though you'll need Wi-Fi to download the app. The app mains function are all designed to use Bluetooth and location services. Cool. So you don't need the Wi-Fi on your on your phone. Although you should probably have it on. Oh, yeah. uh, keep in mind this will probably eat the battery on your device, yeah. so make sure you have an external battery. Mm-hmm. The main game is always happening. Though you can complete jobs on your own or with your group, the app is also has a main game that's constantly running. It's a lot like the popular games uh, like Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. where people side with either the Resistance or First Order and complete First Order and compete with others Resistance. in the area to acquire land. I'm the so game evil. evolves and speeds up and slows down depending on how many people are playing. Everything in the app is also canon. You're on by two, which exists in Star Wars universe. So any event that happens in your app are actually happening in Star Wars. That's cool. So you Build can your- kill Kylo Ren in your app and that'll happen in Star Wars. You can't kill him on the app. I doubt they let that. Dang you it. can build your, re- build your rep over multiple trips. So as you complete more jobs and tasks in the app, those will save to your profile so the next time you go, you can improve upon it. And that's actually how they'll know how well you did in Millennium Falcon 2 is it's in the app, uh, which they use in Disneyland. I also think it's going to be probably part of the magic band in Disney World too. Oh, okay. I'm like, wait, they're hacking onto our phones yep. to see. Uh, no, no, they are. If you give them the, if you give Disney access to the Bluetooth and stuff, you're giving oh, okay. them access to see. Oh. And the app will always be updated. Cool. So that's everything we know currently about Galaxy's Edge. Cool. You guys ex- excited? Oh yeah, can't yeah. wait. I'm yeah. psyched. Yeah. After like excited. hearing this, I'm more excited for... to go. What's that? After hearing all this stuff, I'm more excited yeah, to go. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I like that they have their own character, yeah. uh, V or Vi, however you say it, that's in there. You meet and like Kylo Ren and uh, Officer do a, they do like a little show uh-huh. in front of his um, ship? And, Wait, but Kylo they, Ren ships there? Yeah. Which one? I forget. The one from um, it might be Force like, Awakens. I, it's similar to that. I can't remember offhand, but yeah. Okay. And like they do a show saying if you see any uh, resistance people, let them know that kind of stuff. Stormtroopers are now walking around. They stopped the March of the First Order down the main street yeah. of Hollywood Studios. Uh-huh. Which we're a little sad about. If you well, heard last podcast, we really liked. But they did that because they have stormtroopers walking around in, in Galaxy's Edge now. Are they going to get sense. rid of Launch Bay because of this? Launch Bay is staying for right now. Right now, okay. Disney's saying Launch Bay is staying. Star Tours is staying. Uh-huh. Um, they can't get the rid of The Path of the Jedi lightsaber training is staying. Okay. So. Yeah, I like Launch Bay. Because remember, I had my stormtrooper handcuffs on. Yep. And the stormtroopers. Yeah, like, we talked about that last hey, podcast. where'd you go, prisoner? <laughs> that was funny. So we're super excited. 
All right. So we're super excited about Galaxy's Edge. We hope you are too. We hope you enjoyed this whole Star Wars series. Yeah. Uh, the first episode, we went over the movies and kind of what they mean to us mm-hmm. and characters we liked. And we had our podcast friends on there. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed the last episode, which is all about Star Tours and other attractions in Disney World. And then this episode, part yeah. three, all about Galaxy's Edge. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about Galaxy's Edge real quick? No. Although that I'm really excited for it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's and, I hope, and I hope like the characters that interact and know about the rides don't say like, I heard you crashed the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no, you're very worried How about that. I think we'll be okay. So special thanks to the Disney DNA podcast. Yes. Cassie from Disflix and Tidbits podcast. Dingus Bring Us. Hyperion Adventures podcast, Jody Mayberry, the Go Mouse Scouts podcast, Monday Morning Monorail podcast, Monorail MMM, Love of the Mouse podcast, Capture the Magic podcast, Kingdom of the Kingdom podcast, and Connecting with Walt. So be sure in our show notes, we're going to have links to all these people and their um, podcasts and YouTube channels and their Twitter accounts. Be sure to go out and follow them. If you start listening to their podcasts, be sure to rate and review them. That really helps them out. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening and rating and reviewing our show. If you haven't done that already, go to iTunes or wherever you listen. Mm -hmm. Give us an honest rating. We hope it's five stars. The best thing to do is let other people know about our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, your Disney friends that you know. Let them know about our podcast. Help spread the love. We have our website. Always go there for everything we're doing. Get all our social media from there, DisneyDiscussions.com. I'm trying to build up a newsletter so we could get you guys information about our show, ask you questions about our show. So be sure to sign up for the newsletter there. And we just thank you for listening. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Destination with Character. A real sponsor. That's a real sponsor, not like the Stormtrooper storm windows that are fake. Yep. Be sure to check them out at DestinationWithCharacter.com. And we will see you next time. Next time, we're going to have a special episode that was all Stitch's idea. Do you want to tell them what it is? You want to leave them in suspense? Uh, I'll tell them. Go ahead. Our top five heroes and our top five villains. Go check it out when it comes out. Okay. Bye. That's all, That's right. See you real soon. Hello. Ha. Go check it out. May the force be with you. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Always. So that's pretty cool. Rise of the It's hard to say Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance. Well, Luke Skywalker's least. <laughs> Once selected, crystals will then be inspired. Not be inspired. <laughs> the crystals are inspired, guys. <laughs> 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 okay.